You like Huey Lewis on the news? Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Jalakian. And today we're talking about a movie. <laughs> we're talking I'm about terrible you. at beginning podcasts. We're talking about you, the American Psycho. Yes, we are talking about American Psycho today. And this is the first time for both of us. But real quick, I have some 10-word reviews that I want right. to get out of the way. Throw them out there. Also, a quick audio note. If you hear any sick bass, our neighbor is having a rave downstairs, so we yeah. apologize. <laughs> but here are my 10-word reviews real quick. X-Men Apocalypse. I want to set fire to Oscar Isaac's agent's office. It came from beneath the sea. Pretty generic B-movie until an Oscar-worthy octopus attack. And Fantasia, a dazzling experimental masterpiece that bores my heathen self silly. <laughs> All right, is that it? Yeah. Okay. So it's time for us to go into the na 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 Bateman. Patrick, 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 Bateman. Oh, boy. So we're discussing... American Psycho. As per usual, we do have spoilers. Brennan, why don't you take it away with the plot? All right. As read from the back of the Killer Collector's Edition, Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale, is a Wall Street yuppie obsessed with success, status, and style with a stunning fiance, Reese Witherspoon. He is also a psychotic killer who rapes, murders, and dismembers both strangers and acquaintances without provocation or purpose. Based on the controversial novel by Brad Easton Ellis, the film offers a sharp satire to the dark side of yuppie culture in the 80s, while setting forth a vision that is both terrifying and chilling. Both of those things. Isn't that great? Wow. Normally, I usually just get a movie that's just chilling or just terrifying. Like, I'm happy this one is both. I, I hope that we could actually feel the chilling effects because it is hot hot yeah today. if this episode is only 10 minutes long it's because it's like 100 degrees inside our apartment right now indeed are you gonna be reading that book american psycho eventually uh yeah actually i w- I tried to pick it up at the library the other day mm-hmm. but all they had was rosemary's baby so i s- got that but <laughs> perfect. still perfect okay um so we rate scariness one to five screams campiness one to five perms gore one to five severed limbs and quality one to five unlucky stars so starting with the scream factor um, what would you rate scariness? <laughs> the fear factor, I give it one out of five eating a worm. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, um, American Psycho is a really, really sick, dark comedy, but I found myself scared by pretty much none of it because yeah. I found myself impacted by it, but not terrified or chilled, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is a great sequence where Patrick Bateman is trying to kill this prostitute with a chainsaw. It's a great film. He's totally, he's buck naked chasing her with his chainsaw and she's just trying to escape this apartment complex that's kind of very labyrinthine mm-hmm. and she's just screeching like an animal and pounding on all the doors. I thought that was a really interesting approach to a stock and slash sequence because I've never seen a girl like go full bore like that and I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It did not help. <laughs> <laughs> I rated it the same so, and mostly for the same reasons. So I think we'll just move on from here. Okay. Not, you kind of beat it to death. I mean, there wasn't really much more to say about scariness. It yeah that's a it's a shallow topic yes indeed uh campiness however less shallow so you were telling me it was made in the 90s but it no it was it actually was released in 2000 but it's set in the 80s like 1987 ish i think but yeah campiness 
I'm also including funniness or even satire here. This is going to be a tough one because yeah. it's a very funny movie, but it's not like a laugh out loud farce or anything. It's a very slick satire. Right. Which is really interesting. Dark uh, comedy. Yeah. I want to hear what your score is, Shannon. I'm going to give it a three out of five perms. Uh, as far as 80s goes, like like I've seen, what's that movie with Sigourney Weaver? Aliens. No, the other one where she's, it's like she's the boss or, or, or. Mr. Mom. No, it's about, it's not actually about Sigourney Weaver. It's about her, like, assistant, and she, like, tries to raise in rank, and never mind. The boss. I've seen a lot of uh, 80s movies. Um, I just feel like Tim Allen should have been in this movie some someplace. So I love, like, all the, the shoulder pads and all of the weird haircuts where it's, like, the hair's just long enough that it's not a, it's not a mullet, but it's longer than it needs to be. Because they're still, like, they're preppy yupsters, so, right. like, they need to be business polite but it's still just disgusting hair <laughs> right exactly and a major part of the movie is the aesthetic the main character patrick bateman puts a lot of pressure on appearance overemphasizing those sort of things was really important and prominent the campiness factor as far as that went was really good and then the funniness like it wasn't like laugh out loud funny but it was de definitely tongue in cheek and like you knew what was going on and you kind of wanted to shake people and be like he's gonna murder you yeah, it's very tongue-in-cheek, but it's yeah. someone else's tongue in Patrick <laughs> Bateman's cheek, and he bit pretty it off. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, that's why I gave it a 3 out of 5. And yourself? I, I'm going to give it 3 out of 5 perms as well, because this was a very tough score. I think the strongest element of this film is its satire. There is a great... It's about as literal of a dick-measuring scene as could be possible, where the, the yuppie dudes are comparing their business cards, and they're all basically the exact same business card, like a white card with a black font. But they, they're like, oh, look at that style, that manila paper and like the way that this type is set. And they're just dripping themselves. That's they're so... I mean, they're all so different, Brennan, okay? Mm -hmm. One had texture to it. One had a watermark. It's one true. Had... Oh, the watermark one had him literally trembling. Yeah, and then he just drops it like it's like a hammer, you know? Mm -hmm. But well, it, that's also... That scene is very indicative of a lot of the darker elements of this movie, too. It's that... Patrick Bateman is so interchangeable with every other, like, yuppie businessman on Wall Street. He lashes out by murdering people, and nobody notices. Yeah. Like, there's a really funny sequence of him um, literally just dragging a body in a duffel bag into, like, a taxi through the lobby of his apartment building. Mm -hmm. Nobody notices. He runs into, a like, a companion from work, and he's just like, wow, where did you get that overnight bag? It's fantastic and not noticing that there's clearly a body inside right it's such an indictment of that shallow label obsessed culture and it's so fun to watch like yeah. so that like those sequences are really solid and really grim because he's constantly being mistaken for other people and he is constantly confessing to his crimes to everyone but they're just not listening yeah. because everyone they just assume he's saying the same thing as everybody else can we talk about the ending real quick? We'll just take a pause because I don't know whether I'm satisfied with it or not. I'm still kind of like chewing it over. Yeah, it's it's. let's talk about it. Yeah, so it was kind of like it was open-ended because he goes back to the scene of the crime where he was storing all his bodies and it's it's the apartment of one of his co-workers that he killed. Jared Leto. Yeah, um, called Paul Allen. And that was kind of like a major part of the entire movie is that he is kind of being chased by this detective. He's done all these crimes and he's trying to like cover it up essentially. Um, but he goes back and no one's there. It's completely white. 
And the buys that he stored are not there either. And they're selling the apartment. That realtor lady was creepy, too. Yeah. And then um, he also had confessed on tape to his lawyer. He went to talk to his lawyer. His lawyer not only didn't recognize him, but also said that he had gone to dinner with the person that he had killed in the last 10 days. So that was another thing. So I'm, I don't know if he's psycho and literally dreamed up that he killed everyone mm-hmm. or if he did kill everyone. You know? Uh, okay. Here's my interpretation. Let me let it be known that I'm a little bit more biased towards literal interpretations of things. Mm-hmm. But that's only because most horror movies where it's like, oh, is this really happening or is it all in their head? Usually the answer is it's really happening. Like, yeah. um, movies so rarely go with that ambiguity that I'm kind of like uh, biased towards that already. Mm-hmm. But here's what I think happened. I think Paul Allen did die. And that's why they're selling the apartment. They've cleaned it up and they're selling it because he died and he's vacated the space. And I think that the the guy who said he had dinner with Paul Allen, it, he's already confused Patrick Bateman for somebody else. He doesn't believe Patrick when he says that, like, I am Patrick Bateman. That was not a joke. I wasn't playing a joke. And he's like, no, Patrick, Bateman, uh, Patrick Bateman's some tool loser guy. Like, that was a great joke, whatever. I think he mistook someone else for Paul Allen. It's just part of this, like, weird interchangeable culture where someone can be a murderer and someone could be dead and no one really cares or notices and everyone's, everyone's business card says the vice president that's right because they're all it's all they're all the same person maybe that's what it is everyone has like a different aspect of different business people in their brain yeah it's uh, everyone's the same it's like a kanye west album oh got him <laughs> All right, well, that makes me feel better, I guess, I, I think. Okay, so for gore, let's move back to gore. Okay. Uh, I gave it a two out of five. You really don't see any gore, really. Like, nothing really happened. So even the, what they're, like, what this movie's known for, so, you know, him with the axe or him with the chainsaw, like, you never see the chainsaw or the axe going into anyone. Yeah, the, the penetration is off screen. Yeah, it's implied. You see more penetration from the porn that's played on screen than you do from, from the chainsaw or the axe. That's true. Um, so, and this isn't like, yes, it's a horror film kind of, but it's more like a dark comedy, um, which is why they didn't overemphasize the horror aspects of and it. And according to IMDb, it is a drama. <laughs> oh God. Sure. Okay. I also give it two out of five separate limbs for the same reasons. This mm-hmm. is going to be another quick topic. This movie is very bloody and very gruesome, but it's not gory. Yeah. And like, it's in an artistic way. Yeah, it's more about the psychological impact of the killings than it is about watching the killings. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It just gives it a logo score, which is totally cool. Mm-hmm. And so how are we going to synthesize all this, Shannon? What's your overall quality score for American Psycho? Uh, see, here's the thing is that it's not a typical slasher. It's not a typical horror movie in general. And so what really comes up for me is just, did I enjoy it? Did I not? I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought that there That's were, great. yeah, I thought there were some scenes that are, I'm probably going to think about for a long time. And there are also a couple of either the tagline or visuals that I'm going to take with me and I'm going to replicate in my own life. Like I was thinking, so I have to make new business cards because I'm going away soon. Oh God. A convention. And I really want to make business cards that are identical to the ones that are from that scene just so I can hand them out and see if anyone notices. It's like they have to be so, so cool to notice. They'd have to be like a Matt Russell. Yeah, exactly. But then we'd be best friends forever. So That's true. Um, And well, my quality score is actually the same. I I gave it three out of five unlucky stars. Yes, that's what I gave it, yeah. I'm very conflicted about this film, and I need to let it kind of simmer with me before I really give it a solid score. 
Like I'm I'm actually wavering around like a seven out of ten right now for like when I review it in full on my blog. That's pretty good. But I decided I'm just committing to a three out of five right now because that's like right in the middle because that's kind of how I feel about it. Right. I really like a lot about this movie. I like the satire. I like Christian Bale's performance most of the time. I like how it's presented. The opening scene is beautiful. It's this. Um, it's very Hannibal esque. It's like this very bloody scene but it turns out it's of uh dinner being prepared but it's just about like all the detail that goes into his life that is totally pointless because he just lives this shallow endlessly repetitive life but also that endlessly repetitive thing got to me because a lot of the scenes are the same it's like well you're going to lunch with the guys let's bring home a whore and hit her with an axe and it's like that it's not it's not as uh cut and dry as that but a lot of the scenes have a very similar uh pacing a very similar structure and the midsection's a little bloated. I got a little bored until, okay, like the same scene kind of repeats for a while in the middle in the second act. And then um, I think, Shannon, you kind of sensed this because you got up to get a drink of water. And in that 20 seconds, <laughs> everything changed because he's at the ATM and the ATM's like, feed me a stray cat. And he tries to shove a cat into the ATM and then he points a gun at the cat. Then an old lady comes up and he shoots the old lady. And this is all in 20 seconds. And I was like, all right, I'm back on track. We're here. <laughs> And so then he pauses it and rewinds it. So when I, when I come back from my water, he's like, you got to watch it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it's like, you cannot blink watching this movie. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Okay. Well, that that was all great. Um, let's move on to our favorite part, champion dialogue. Cool. Why don't you start? What's your what's your champion dialogue? Okay. Uh, my champion dialogue is, well, obviously, um, class woes are a very important thing to him. He says the only emotions that he has are greed and disgust, mm-hmm. which he uses liberally. But so basically... When he is trying to disguise his murder of Jared Leto's character, he goes to his apartment and he packs a suitcase and leaves an outgoing message saying, oh, I'm going to be in London for a couple of days. Nobody worry about me. I'm With not an dead. an awful accent. Like, I don't know how they were like, oh, this is Patrick. Well, nobody knows who Patrick Bateman That's is. That's true. Also, so basically he says this thing where it's like, I felt an immediate panic stepping into the apartment. He had a view of the park, so it was obviously more expensive than mine. Yeah. And, like, that was pretty hilarious. And this um, this is kind of, like, the punchline to that moment. It comes a scene later, or a couple scenes later, where he has two women in that apartment, and he's about to kill them, but this is what one of them says. This is nicer than your other apartment. Oh, not that nice. Because <laughs> he's, he's pretending it's his apartment, yeah. but he's just so embarrassed that his original apartment isn't as good. It's so dumb. Which, honestly, I disagree. I liked his actual apartment way more. Yeah stylistically and everything but yeah 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 i don't know um so i'm gonna change my selection okay because my champion dialogue is going to be a line that is used repetitively and it's essentially the motto there's there's a scene where you kind of like cut back and he's trying to get a reservation at this really fancy restaurant that's like a running theme is that he can't get he can't get a reservation there um because no one knows who, who he is you know um and it's like very much like this like name thing so it cuts to him and he's in his apartment and he's trying to get in a reservation and in the background is a threesome sex tape going on just casually just very casually right so then you start to realize that this is a normal thing for him this is what he does when he's at home is just pop in one of those tapes and so whenever he gets to a point where he has to leave a conversation his excuse is i have to go return videotapes that's just what he says constantly, constantly, constantly. Patrick, what is it? Where are you going? I've got to return some videotapes. Do you remember where you were the night of Paul's disappearance, which was on the 20th of December? 
God. I guess I was probably returning videotapes. <laughs> where are you going? Just leaving. But where? I have to return some videotapes. It's a recurring punchline, and it gets better the more it happens. Yeah, exactly. And he uses such like he uses it for so many different reasons. Like there's one one time where he's like trying to to get out of something. There's one time where he's like running away. There's one time where he like just doesn't want to talk to someone. Uh huh. Like, yeah. It's, those are. I mean, you can use it for anything. Those are all kind of the same that you were saying, but that's okay. Not true. Who's it's your favorite different. character, Shannon? My favorite character is the main character because, well, like we said, we were kind of talking about how everyone could be the same. Like they're all different, but they all could be the same. There wasn't a lot of character development at all in any of the characters at all. Yeah, I had a tough time with this one. Yeah, even in the main character, like he doesn't really change. We know from the beginning that he's a killer. He kills more. If anything, he goes even crazier. But he is just an interesting person. So I picked him. Okay, that's solid. Mm -hmm. He has a sort of arc. It's like kind of a descent into madness. He's trying to get caught so hard and no one cares. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a part of why I had such trouble with the second act. It's just because I was like, all right, I get it. Nothing's happening. Yeah, my favorite character is the ATM that wants to eat a cat. Oh, my God. Like, the acronym should be ALF, right? Because it's ALF because he eats cats. Does ALF eat uh -huh. cats? Yeah, ALF eats cats. Oh, ALF eats cats. I the 80s were it. weird. I don't know... I don't know anything about Elf. That's weird. That's kind of all I know about Elf. And also that his name is like Gordon Shumway for some reason. And he decides I, to go by Elf? He's, I think it means alien life form. That's what it stands for. Oh. But like, why is... He's an alien? Yeah. Oh, you know nothing about Elf. I know Elf. nothing about Elf. Do you know what he looks like? He looks like a Muppet, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Like a brown Muppet? Okay. What did you think he was? Like a bear in the big blue house type like situation? Like a Muppet. Oh, okay. No, he's an alien. Okay. Anyway, moving on from the Elf cast, this is Scream 101. I'm going to talk about my favorite scene, so Shannon has some time to like let Elf sink in. My favorite scene is the Jared Leto murder scene, because Patrick Bateman... Um, well, Jared Leto thinks that Patrick Bateman is this guy named Marcus, who he also works with, who they just look similar. I mean, it's a constantly recurring theme throughout the entire movie. But so... Patrick takes him to the weirdest, like, Tex-Mex restaurant, and um, the waiter's holding this giant, it's basically like a, like a wood, wood tablet yeah. with, the, with the menu on it. It reminds me of, like, Moses in the Ten Commandments. Pretty much. And anyway, so, like, he's been getting him drunk all night at dinner, and then it just cuts to him sitting on this couch, and there's newspapers set out under the couch, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is happening. Um, it's just so, he's so precise about maintaining his apartment and his lifestyle and not getting it bloodstained and this is me my film my film student turned on where it was like it's not only the, a newspaper it's the style section of that is that, oh, that's a good you point know, like that was like a very and that's what um what jared leto had noticed too he's like why is the style section on your floor <laughs> yeah and he's like do you have a dog um yeah and then he he's just babbling on about his love of Huey Lewis in the news, which I can totally relate to. Not that I should relate to this character, but I love Huey Lewis in the news. So he just, he's like having Jared Leto listen to these records while he gets his axe out of the closet and he's putting on this plastic raincoat and he's like moonwalking around behind him. It's the, the craziest scene and Christian Bale's going like full Jim Carrey, Nicolas Cage, like just, he's going for it. Yeah. Well, basically, as he's stabbing him with the axe just out of nowhere, he's talking about, like, try getting a reservation at Dorja now. And <laughs> it's great. He's I love that scene so much. That's the scene that hooked me into the rest of the movie because during the first part, I was like, this is good, but I'm like, I don't know how I'm feeling about it. And then that scene, I was like, all right, we're here. I'm here.
He has the strangest taste in music. He has, well, he has Huey Lewis in the News. Phil the, Collins. Phil Collins and Whitney Houston. It's so 80s. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then even this woman was like, you have a Whitney Houston album? Oh, my God. That woman, actually, <laughs> she co-wrote the film. Yeah, she did. Elizabeth. Genevieve something rather. Something. She co-wrote it with Mary Heron, who directed it. And I love that th- this is pretty much like a an Female accepted run. classic of the horror genre. Yeah. by a lot of people and it was directed by a woman and i feel like most people don't know that but i'm so proud of female kind yeah they even have this this joke this line where they're like women don't have personalities if they do they're ugly like yeah, it's very mad men for a while yeah yeah my favorite scene his morning routine it's one of those like long form scenes just like just like the business card scene where it's just like it's one joke that they play out for like a long period of time mm-hmm. the morning routine scene is kind of similar because it's like it starts off, he's just explaining his skincare routine, but then it, it extends because he has like eight different products that he uses every single day. And then he does his, and then he does his crunches before he takes his like face mask off. So he's literally pulling his face off. That's great. Which is That's awesome. a really clever yeah. sequence. Yeah. So that was, that was just a really super cool scene. Also, um, Christian Bale is like the fittest person. Oh yeah. He's so precise. Yeah. He's so, like, he's so buff. It doesn't look right, but he's just, like, so fit. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. I also love there's a scene of him doing crunches while watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Which great. is not subtle, but I love it. That's great. That's what I want to do now. I watch Chainsaw Massacre and do crunches. That's the best workout, really. Really, yeah. And not only it was it Texas Chainsaw, it was that beautiful scene where, where uh, Leatherface is throwing his, his uh, chainsaw around. You know, oh yeah yeah because he scene. he literally he drops the chainsaw down a stairwell later and yeah. hits the prostitute as she's trying to run out yeah that's great <laughs> oh it's great that was so like that that required a lot of skill mm-hmm. to hit her from four four up he's, that's, he's um, kind of a professional oh before we move on to the games i wanted to say i really like how there's constantly more and more bodies that keep cropping up that we don't necessarily see him kill, which kind yeah. of implies that it's just like, it's habitual and he, you don't need to know all of them. Yeah. It's so like, there's a head in his fridge. And we're like, whose head is that? Yeah. I thought it was Reese, Reese Witherspoon's for a second, but right? it's not. I like how all of his freakouts go from him like, like crying and having panic to him laughing, you know, because you really get to see his not only range of emotion, but just kind of like how, how mood swings work for people who are suffering from some sort of personality disorder mm-hmm. so anyway let's move it's on basically to the a textbook yeah our game i don't have a name for it i'm gonna call it the i can help what's the, what's the game okay i will explain to the game to you and then you can okay. give me a title it's i'm going to tell you a list of horror movies that's a certain actor has appeared in and this actor has previously played played batman before because Christian Bale played Batman? Right. No, no, I got that part. So it's like <laughs> Batman and horror movies. So basically, I'm going to say a movie. If the Batty Cave. The Batty Cave? Yeah. Okay. Well, or, it's better than what I came up with. Or um, Dark Fright Rises. Dark Fright Rises? Yeah. Always, okay, I like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to give you a movie. Um, you have to guess which person who played Batman was in that horror movie. If you don't get it, I'm going to move on to another movie that that person was also in, and they get easier as they go along. Okay, pass me a pen. This first one is going to be pretty easy. Okay. All right, number one, Grizzly 2, the concert. This was easy? Hold just, on. Oh, if on. you don't know, I'm, I, I'll move on to the next one and just okay. the same. So the first one was Grizzly 2? Yeah. Christian Bale? No. Okay. Uh, second one, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. George Clooney? Yeah, it's George Clooney. Okay, cool. 
and he was also in Return to Horror High, which is my third one. Okay. He returned to a lot of horror movies. Yeah, he did, obviously. <gasps> okay, so you got one. Okay. Our second one. The first movie is White Noise. Adam West. No. The second one is Beetlejuice. I don't... Who... You played Batman. Um, also, I haven't seen Beetlejuice. Okay. You gotta show me it. I don't know. Well, I, I don't have a third one. Jim but Carrey. But I'm just gonna... He was in Birdman? Jack Nicholson. Oh my god. It's Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. <laughs> that might not be one that you knew. Um, we're gonna start a new podcast about Batman movies because I've seen yeah. less Batman movies than I have horror movies. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start a new podcast called Oh My God It's Michael Keaton, and that's <laughs> the best name for anything. <laughs> okay, uh, this next one, uh, let's just go for it. I have four movies. Number okay. one, Voodoo Island. I'm just Wait, gonna, what? these are all Batman people too? Yeah. How many Batman people are there? It's like a million. Oh, Voodoo Island. I don't know. Number two, Zombie Nightmare. Uh, no idea. Number three, Aloha, Scooby-Doo. Adam West. Yeah, it was Adam yeah! West. Yeah, I got one. I'm so proud of you. Well, you have you have two out of three so far, and this is the fourth and final one. Let's I only just... have two people written down. Yeah, and Christian Bale's not one of the answers because yeah, we have Adam West and Christian Bale. Okay. All right, this one's—it's uh, the last one because okay. I ran out of things. Okay. Uh, number one, the deleted scenes of Office Killer. <laughs> the deleted. Se- yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, reaching on this uh, yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, number two, Phantoms. Michael Keaton. Oh, Ben Affleck. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. He he played Batman. Yeah, he, he just that's played right. Batman in Batman v Superman: that's Dawn right. of Justice. Uh, you guys didn't see, but he just grabbed <laughs> he just grabbed Phantom straight off of his uh, huge stack of movies, so I could look Rose McGowan in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I wish Rose McGowan played Batman. That'd be f- phenomenal. Whew. Or Peter Peter O'Toole. Yeah, any of them. Okay, I recommend Batman. Uh, uh, apparently not. I recommend Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Because what? that movie sucked. I know. I, I recommend know. The Dark Knight or Batman Begins. Oh, Dark Knight. That's what I meant. Dark Knight. Okay. Because of um, the other American Psycho, uh, our beloved Heath Ledger. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. And also, there's the other other American Psycho. They're not in that movie. I just wanted to mention it. There's a sequel called American Psycho Two: All American Girl, and it stars Mila Kunis. Oh, I cannot believe you own that. I do, I actually owned it before I owned American Psycho. <laughs> Yeah. It was much cheaper, shall we say. Big lots, right? Uh, something like that. I just saw it at a place that was selling it for like three bucks, and I was like, well, I'm in. Let's go. Uh, my recommendation is another American horror movie. It's American Gothic, which I really like. It's a slasher movie. This group of people that are like going on a series of short plane flights on islands around the Pacific Northwest. It's super weird. But they crash. And they end up holing up at this place where it's um, this old couple and their children, but their children are all like middle-aged people dressed as kids. And it's like this crazy, psychotic religious family takes them in and starts killing them one by one with like kids' toys. It's great. It's so fun. And it's pretty creepy. What was um, from from Cabin in the Woods, Maniac Torture Family? What is it called? Zombie Redneck Torture Family. Zombie Redneck Torture Family. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, they're that's, not zombies, but yeah. it's that's, a, that's where my brain went. It's pretty solid. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, onto the clue. Last week, I the clue was kind of obtuse, so I apologize. But I mentioned Jiggly and uh, Gem and the Holograms, and that's because our next movie stars Jennifer Lopez and Ryan Guzman. Because we're gonna be watching The Boy Next Door. Oh man, I'm man. so excited. Brennan has been trying to get me to watch this movie since he saw it with Sergio in theaters. Look, so. wa- watching this movie is like 110 percent why I created this podcast. <laughs> oh good so can't wait to see that yeah it's the long con long always all right and here's the clue for our episode two weeks from now this is a clue you've heard before and i won't elaborate further because i don't want to make any false promises (laughs) i know which one this is if you have a guess to that clue if you want to contact us tell us how awesome or how horrible american psycho is you can find us on twitter at scream 101 pod on facebook at scream 101 podcast via email at scream 101 podcast at gmail.com find us on itunes find us on itunes subscribe rate and review us give us five stars for our impressive facial scrubbing techniques i wish that's just like routine goals like i wish i could i could follow a routine to that like anyway we'll be playing you out with hip to be square by huey lewis in the news in 87 huey released this for their most accomplished album i think their undisputed masterpiece is hip to be square a song so catchy most people probably don't listen to the lyrics but they should because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends it's also a personal statement about the band itself No, 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 Restaurant, which is called Desigu. What's it called? Oh, oh, where is it? Hold on. Oh, I wrote it down somewhere. Dorsia. Dorsia? Dorsia? Dorsies? Something like that. Dorsia? It's D-O-R-S-I-A. Dorsia. Yeah, Dorsia. Yeah, no, it's it's a good, it's a good, just, it's a, it's a, oh my God. Well, give me, give me just a minute. I'm going to. I want to write down all the actors that I know who played Batman. Okay. Who's the Who's the crazy guy who put on Jennifer Lawrence? What? Uh, here's Johnny. Jack Nicholson. Jack. No, he was the no, Joker. He Here, let's just play okay. the game and let's see how you how okay. we how we get there. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>